You're listening to WGSR, bringing hope and comfort to the world, 24 hours a day. Gracias por sintonizar a WGSR, compartiendo esperanza, consuelo y ánimo por todo el mundo las 24 horas al día. Thank you for listening to WGSR.net, bringing hope and comfort 24 hours a day. Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is session 98. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. Well, Fritz, what's going on over there? It's been a little while here. I know, right? I'm so happy to see you guys. I can't stand it. (laughs) You can't stand it? Well, I mean, I can stand it, but I can't stand it when I don't see you guys for a few weeks and I feel like uh, my church fam isn't, uh, isn't here. Yeah, we get some Facebook uh, friends saying, when's the next God Stories yeah, really. Radio? We got gotcha. you. We got it coming at you. I know, yeah, right? We do. You know, we, I miss that, too. You know, doing, like we were saying, Fritz, that I'd like to do this on a daily basis. Me, too. But, Me, too. And maybe one of these days I've just been praying that God will send the right sponsor or somebody will hear this, preferably a Joel Osteen or somebody like that can afford to yeah. or a, take it to the next level or, or a shriek TBN or something like that. You know, go big or go home. Right. <laughs> That'd be great. But, uh, what's going on? You got some uh, shout outs over there, Trish? I do have some shout outs. It's been a few weeks. We ought to have some new been. likes and whatnot. Yeah, we got some new likes from Dell Struckmayer, also Anna Sawani, Amber Norris Lee. Thanks for liking us on Facebook, guys. Yeah, Thank you. thanks for liking us. We really appreciate it. And also some shout-outs to the countries. Sweden, my Swedish All right. brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. That's where my ancestors came from. So hello, shout-out to Sweden, also Morocco, and Spain. All right, Espanol. Morocco. Yes. We just had a new Moroccan band go in at Morocco out at Epcot. That's oh, very cool. Not the same. Same but different. Not like being there. <laughs> Man, it's good to be back. I yes, mean, with so much is. upheaval going on in the world and oh, know, yeah. people getting crazy, shooting people. and Kind of come, calm down. A little. A little. It's not in Orlando now anyway. Yeah. Uh, was it Turkey or something? A hundred and some odd people dead? The airport bombing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's not going to get pretty, folks. No, it's not. <laughs> Read the book. Yeah. Well, you got that right. I believe we are in the last days. I do, the too. The last, last days. Oh, amen to that. Amen. I got my bag packed. I That's all say, I got to say. are you ready? You bet. <laughs> you bet. In the twinkle of an eye. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, I've, I've been looking forward to our guest for the last few days. I've been looking into what he does and just talking off program. I'm, I am really excited. Yeah. Um, it's... It's kind of funny because, and I think this will happen more and more, you know, in these end times where you will have come across someone that's a Christian and you don't know that they're a Christian. Like for us, we worked together for years and I never had any idea that he was a Christian. He didn't know I was a Christian. I listened to Christian music on my computer. I got, I'm actually probably the one that made them officially not allow music to be played anymore on the computers because <laughs> I always had Christian music blaring out of my computer but um, yeah we didn't even know each other as Christian brothers and sisters and then um, I had sought out someone that actually I wanted to apologize to um, and I came across Rick and then I saw that he had a business and then I saw his story about his business and how God had led him. And I thought, man, this guy, Rick, he's got a testimony. Not only is he a Christian, and I had no idea, but he's got a testimony. I'm going to see if I can reach out to him and see if he'll come and give his testimony. And he's, uh, we worked together at the Orlando Sentinel, and now he has an agency that he'll tell you a little bit more about. But without 
further ado, this is Rick Blunt. Thanks for coming, Rick. Rick, uh, thanks so much for thanks coming for to the program. Yes. We really, really appreciate you taking uh, time and coming all the way from Orlando. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for inviting me. I, um, yeah, I remember working with uh, Trisha years ago. And um, yeah, at that point in my life, I mean, I was a Christian, but um, you know, my testimony is uh, a rather long and a long road. And there were some, some dark points in my in my walk and there were times where I just didn't let people know that I wasn't very open with um, my faith. I didn't want anybody to judge um, Christianity or Christ based on what they perceived of me, especially when I'm at a point where I'm still trying to understand my relationship with with Christ and with God and you know how all this flushes out you know into a relationship you know, that he and I have. So. That, those were some dark days for me, just so you know, and I wish that we had connected and been able to lean on each other because I think, you know, God put us all around each other for a reason and we just don't always pick up on that. Well, but I think that everything happens, you know, the way it's supposed to happen, you know, and for whatever reason, there were things that, you know, we probably needed to learn on our own, you know, or through other avenues mm-hmm. and um and that he brought us back together at this point at um which i'm really grateful for it's just his timing is amazing it doesn't always <laughs> make sense to me but we well, got that right amazing got that right yeah so tell us about your beginning your beginnings and your relationship with christ or well yeah it's yeah. um i i've know quite a few people who their relationship with Christ was more like an on-off switch. They Once they became, it was like an awakening. They were, everything clicked for them and they are great Christians. For me, it's um, it's been more like a dimmer switch, just on and, you know, brighter, dimmer, things like that. I originally came to Christ when I was in fifth grade and I became a Christian just with the same mentality that I would become, um, join the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, got my card, I'm signed up, going to heaven, all good. Now I'm just going to go on with my life. And um, so that's what I did for years. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s, I was working at Walt Disney World at the time. And uh, there was a, a guy that I worked with when we worked in the Kennel Club, um, great guy, uh, Mark, and we were just becoming friends, but he was one of these Christians who, you know, the light just went off and, you know, he became a Christian. Well, there was a girl that worked with us as, as well that I had a, a crush on at the time. And, uh, so she would complain to me about him preaching to her, you know, in the kennel and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, me liking her, I'm just going, I'm just telling her, wow, that's horrible or whatever. Always got to be on her side. And then I happened to have lunch with um, a couple of friends. I sit down and they're not, as soon as I sit down, they, they're not talking. So I'm like, all right, I'll come up with a conversation. And so I said, uh, so did you hear Mark is preaching in the kennel? And all three of them were like, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, we're going to church and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all of a sudden I felt very convicted. And I thought, Rick, you're a believer. What are you doing? And so at that moment, I when I realized that they were all going to church, I wanted to go. I'm like, I want to, I want to go with you guys. So started attending uh, church and um, it was it was great, but at the same time, and, and being in my early 20s, I just, looking back, I realized I was becoming very judgmental and very um, legalistic. And um, so, but I didn't, and then it's hard to describe it. My, my walk was kind of more of a stutter and um, <laughs> as opposed to anything smooth or consistent. And um, during that time in my life, I... In my mid-20s at this point, I ended up marrying a girl that I didn't really, you know, I didn't really want to find out how much of a Christian she was because I just wanted to get married and you have a family and all that kind of stuff. Well, when 
the marriage started going bad after a couple of years. And um, I started going to church regularly with a passion and a purpose. And no matter how much I did that was, you know, quote, right, or trying to do everything the right way, the marriage was still disintegrating. And um, when she was divorcing me and moving out, I was, um, I remember laying on the bed in the room by myself, looking up at the ceiling, and I was exhausted. And I told God, I'm like, look, I, I really like you. I like what you stand for. I like, you know, the good that you do or want to do and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just got nothing left. I'm really sorry. I, I just have to, I have to let go. I have to quit. Our relationship is over. Our, I was breaking up with God, you know? And so, so mentally I let that release happen. And immediately I had this mental image, this vision, if you will, of, um, a large being held in the grasp of a large eagle, one wing dipped down and touched the earth, the other one reached out into the heavens, and I felt very warm and safe and uh, comfortable. And I realized, I mean, that was from him, but then I got kind of concerned because in the talons, I mean, there's talons right there in the claws of an eagle. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, this is the wrong image. I need to change it. So I tried changing it to a dove, to a turtle, to... So whatever, I kept trying to change it. And I I swear, I, I felt him just erase everything and put the image back and said, Rick, look at this. And so I realized that I was in the padding, you know, of his grip. And, you know, if I mess around too much, I'll cut myself. But I'm safe. It's all okay. So mm-hmm. it, it really gave me a framework in which to comfortably pursue God and try to understand what this relationship is is and so over the course of the following couple of decades i would i was attending church regularly i was reading the bible a lot reading commentaries like westminster confession of faith um c.s lewis piper and just all these you know um guys that were really touted by the reformed theological um seminary so but it didn't stop me from testing him and getting in arguments with him. <laughs> I remember going through Crown Ministries and um, finding that so beneficial and so rich because it covers so much more than finances, but it really touches on the relationship between you and God and and the purpose for so many things, and which for me, that's big. I like to know why is something the way that it is. And so I went through the course. I was, I think I had $500 in credit card debt, and I was probably a month away from paying that off. And then I got this opportunity to do this multi-level marketing thing. And I look at the way they are structured, and I realize it goes, you know, countercultural to Crown Ministries. And I thought, all right, God, let's see what you got, you know? And so <laughs> I went full force into this thing, and within uh, less than a year, I was almost $30,000 in credit card debt and I no longer had a job. So I got to a crossroad where I felt that he said, Rick, you need to make a decision yourself. You know, do you want to keep pursuing this? Because I'll give you signs that tell you you should be pursuing this. Or are you going to make up your own mind and do what's right? And so I quit paying attention to the signs that I would ask for because the signs were leading me to go to this multi-level thing. And I said, no, I am doing what I, you have taught me. And so I quit that. And um, I remember it was after a couple of weeks, the reality of everything started to set in. And I'm like, all right, I have to find a job. I've got this huge amount I've got to pay off. I've looked at doing um, bankruptcy, you know, and and I remember praying one evening in uh, February of 96, I think, or 97. Yeah, February 97, I prayed, like, Lord, I can't pay this off. You can, but I'm, I'll do the bankruptcy thing if that's what you want me to do, because I have learned that as I had grown older, 
I have found that I ended up walking down paths that I used to condemn when I was in my 20s. So, and that I found that he still loved me and he still worked with me. So, I'll do the bankruptcy thing. I know you'll be with me on that. Or you can pay it off. You're creative. I'll do anything you want me to do. So I literally went to bed that night thinking, I know I can do, I can be a garbage man in the morning and work McDonald's at night. That's what I'll do. The next day I received a phone call from my uncle who was a one-man marketing kind of guy. And um, he was like, Rick, you know, do you, do you know how to build websites? I'm like, no. He goes, do you know anybody who can teach you? I'm like, yeah, actually my buddy Mark. Mark from the kennel back in the days. <laughs> he and I were best friends. And um, I'm like, yeah, let me call Mark. So I call Mark and um, tell him what I want to do. And he's like, uh, yeah, when when can you come, come over? I said, well, I'm... I have no family, I have no job, I have nothing. So tonight's great. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, great. Ginger, his wife, she'll make dinner. We'll catch up and then he'll sit me in front of this program and we'll get to work. And so that night, you know, after dinner, we're sitting after about an hour and a half of working in this program. I'm like, okay, I got this. And uh, I have the basics. And then he looks at me and he goes, are you interested in doing any freelance work for Disney? He had moved on from the kennel and was working as a graphic designer in one of their departments. I had left the kennel and gone into doing finance. I was doing, uh, I was an accounting clerk at Disney when I worked there. And so for him to offer me the opportunity to illustrate, which is something I enjoy doing, he's like, yeah, I, he has some people meeting that next morning, some other freelancers, can he kind of swing by the office? So 10 o'clock the next morning, I was at his office. I got my assignments. And from that point on, I felt like God just put blinders on me like I was a racehorse. Mm-hmm. All I could do was eat, drink, and sleep graphic design, either websites or print, anything that has to do with that. And um, I mean, I'd been drawing since I was a kid, but this this was amazing. I would wake up in the morning at like 6, 6.30, I would jump out of bed, go to the computer, start working. Around 10 o'clock, I'd get a little hungry, so I would take a shower, eat something, sit back down, and continue working. It was amazing. That contract lasted for about two months. And then when that was over, I was I had nothing for, for a while until I finally got jobs at uh, an agency, and then I got hired on at the Sentinel in December of 97. So it was... It was an amazing transformation. And then uh, I would work at the Sentinel. I would do freelance at night, working for my uncle and other people that I would uh, get work from. And by um, November of 2001, he had paid off the entire $32,000 in debt that I had had just through those four years of working, paid it all off. And um, so... it was amazing. I had such a sense of relief and freedom, but I still struggle with following Christ and what he wanted me to do, you know, totally. I mean, I, I loved him and I had a great relationship with him, but like you said, you didn't know I was a Christian because I kept so much of it in. And it was in um, 2002, I ended up doing my first mission trip, ended up going down the Amazon river. Now Mind you, I've I had never been hiking, camping, fishing. No, I was an indoor kid all my life. And when I heard about the trip, it was either the Amazon or I think South Dakota. And I'm thinking, well, I guess I'm going to South Dakota because <laughs> there's no way I'm going down the Amazon. <laughs> so I go to the meeting about South Dakota and I'm like, all right, this seems all right, but it just doesn't feel like I'm being called. Because I felt like God was calling me further and further outside of my comfort zone. I had helped out at Habitat for Humanity and Christian for the uh, uh, Coalition and, and things like that. And uh, But nothing ever felt like it was getting me closer to him. And so I knew he was calling me further and further out. But, you know, there's no way I'm going down to Amazon. <laughs> and so I stayed for the Amazon meeting just to validate that I'm not going down the Amazon. <laughs> After the 
the video and the talk and everything like that, I couldn't wait to sign up. Mm. I'm like, what in the world? I, I remember walking to my car, utterly amazed. Why do I want to go? It was you know, the first time that I just looked at myself and thought, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> That's kind of when it's undisputable that you know it's the father because Absolutely. it happens way too fast for you to even. And it's completely opposite from what you thought right. you should or wanted to do. You got it. Yeah. I feel like he awakens something inside of you that you don't realize is there. Mm-hmm. There's a part of part of me that he put in me that I I look back and I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I always had that adventure bug or whatever. And uh but I always wanted to play it safe and but but even on the Amazon which was amazing. I highly recommend it. It was so beautiful, so hot. Um, nothing like Florida. <laughs> but um, I remember being in an argument with him on the boat. We The first village we stopped at, we were on a boat going down the river. And um, we had a, a nurse practitioner with us. And they were making stops at different villages for the people who aren't able to get to a big city for any medical needs and uh, things like that. These boats go down with either doctors or optometrists or dentists and things like that to serve. Uh, what was your job there? Our, our little group, our job was to, um, uh, we did like a vacation or was it like a vacation Bible, uh, okay. thing for the Bible kids. Bible school for the kids. Yeah. BBS. Yeah. yeah. So I did some, I, I was with a team that we entertained the kids. And Do you speak another language? I can't even speak pig language, no. So, <laughs> so you just went with it, though. Oh yeah, we we and we had um, two or three interpreters with us. Okay. So, cool. so I did that, and another group would talk to the parents about hygiene and things like that, about boiling the water, for instance, before you drink it. Um, something that you know, trying to to teach them things like that, and um, and then another group were were handing out uh, shoes and. Um, shirts and, and things like that, trying to see see to their needs. And then we would have a worship service. And um, I remember the first village, like two people raised their hands and accepted Christ. And they were given a, a Bible in Portuguese. And, um, and, um, and so there were, and there was a little bit of hanging around and stuff like that. We were in the village for about four hours. And then we get on the boat and we leave. We're off to the next village. And I'm, I'm on the mid deck of this boat and I'm furious. This is ridiculous. When I became a Christian, I mean, you run into problems and you need answers. I, these people just are going to have problems. They need somebody there to guide them, to be with them, to answer questions, to really help give them a broader view of who Christ is and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I'm upset with how this whole thing works. And then that that you just go and plant the seed and then move on. Yeah, I I don't like that. I'm, I I want to see everything to its full completion. I want to make sure everything's okay. You know, it really speaks to the control freak part of me. And um, but what was amazing was that one of the interpreters came out and he's telling me about how happy the captain is. Captain is overjoyed, and I just thought how interesting this is. You've got one man. Or furious with God, uh, how this whole thing is working, and twenty feet away, you got another man who is delighted beyond words at how everything is working out. So, without telling the interpreter what I was going through, I just asked him, "So, why is the captain so happy?" And he, and he talked about how this was the first time that we'd been to that village, and it's hard to start a new relationship with the village as far as trusting and stuff like that. So, it was a great first step. In, in that village and it was started to really awaken me to the fact that you know i'm i'm just a cog in a gear in the mechanism that god uses to mm-hmm. to do his thing but so for gave, you they might not have known christ though too right when he gave you his answer your answer why you you shouldn't have been furious right yeah i was that was all great i mean because i i want to learn i want to mm-hmm. understand even if I don't like it, as long as I understand it, I can I can go with it. And and when he put things in perspective for me that, Rick, this is not about you. Mm-hmm. This is about what he's doing, and I get to be a part of that. 
And I've learned to be very content with that. Like, all right, I just, if I got a chance to move something a quarter of an inch or a millimeter or two, I'm thankful I got used. So I'm, I'm good with that. So, but my life has been a series of misunderstandings and arguments with them. And over the decades that I've had this relationship with him and it's grown so much that my security in him is so much stronger now than it ever was because I know that we can have these dialogues and, and he still loves me, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and, uh, and it's, it's just beautiful. And, I, and I've gotten to the point where I've learned to look at things that don't go the way I think that they should go and realize that, you know, one, when, um, one thing that I've learned is that when a, a superior, like when I, when I'm at work and my boss gives me a problem to work on that she can't figure out, that's, that's a huge vote of confidence. So I started to learn whenever a superior gives you an obstacle, something to work on, a problem to face. It is not always a sense of punishment, but it's a chance to shine and that the that person has confidence in you and wants to see you succeed. And, and so I've learned to realize that when God does things in my life that are twists and turns that I don't expect, I'm like, all right, stop looking where I was open my eyes to what's around me and see what kind of gifts that he has available that are right there for the taking that I would have missed if I would have been as narrow focused as I was just before the plot twist. So, I mean, so my, I wish I would have had um, a conversion story that was just boom, lights on. I get it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think, God knows me really well and knows that I like an adventure. I like a story. I like the thing I cherish in life more than just about any possession or just about anything really is just having a good story. You know, as far as, you know, if something doesn't go right, at least you got a story out of it. You know, <laughs> and stories are phenomenal. Well, tell us about your trip to India. Yeah, the mission the mission trip to India. I want to hear that one. Yeah, India was... I'd been on a few uh, missions trips or serving trips and um, over the past few years, uh, decade, I guess, every two or three years I end up going on a trip. And the more traveling I do, you know, it's it's great. But India is on the bottom of my list of places I want to go. I have I would rather go to the South Pole than to India. You know, there's just so many great things to see in the world. I love Asia, Europe, um, and and, um, natural beauties and things like that. But the whole India thing, I have seriously on the bottom of my list. So I had no intention of ever going. Just like the Amazon trip. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, looking back, I should have seen it coming. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But um, so I go to church uh, one Sunday and they've got a couple of people from the congregation and they're up there sharing their stories. And I recognize the name of one of the people up there. And he's a guy that I, I uh, built his website. I do work for him on the side, but I've never met him. I didn't even realize he lived in Orlando. And um, so afterwards, I went up and, and introduced myself and, uh, and then told him, yeah, I'm your web guy. He's like, ah, oh, Rick, that's great. You know, and, and so I you know, talk to him about his, uh, his part of his testimony was a, a service trip or a mission trip as well. And so we kind of connected about that. And then he told me that there was a trip going to India, you know, later this year. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, they're looking for people. I'm like, huh, that would be cool. I don't know where that word came from. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, uh-huh. when, when are they going? And he said, um, they're going like beginning of October. I said, that's perfect. Because honestly, that's when I like to take my vacation. And I had uh, a little over two weeks I'd, I hadn't taken or whatever. And I'm like, all right, great. And he goes, uh, yeah, they're having their first meeting next week. I'm like, that's great. Do they, I'll sign up. 
you know, I'm, I'm walking back to my car. I'm like, did I just say I was going to sign up to go to India? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, so I actively pursued it, and um, it ended up being um, all girls except for uh, this one other guy who uh, it's one couple and their their infant went but otherwise i was the only single guy and there was uh, oh man about 10 10 women on a trip i hate when that happens i uh, don't you <laughs> it's uh, crazy it's uh, i had to suffer through it i know it <laughs> well somebody's got to do it brother yeah but what was um what was great was that in so many of my trips I had done trips where I was actually doing something, either installing stoves or, you know, um, you know, fixing a roof or, or things like that. Always something physical that can keep my mind on the task and not so much the people. And I'd been having this yearning to do a trip where I actually connected with people. It was more relationally based. And this particular trip was going to be working with um, this home that works with girls that were taken out of the human trafficking system. Mm -hmm. They rehabilitate them and help connect them, get them um, healed emotionally and, uh, and get them back into society, you know, back with their family and things like that. So I'm like, all right, that sounds good. And I didn't realize how hard it would hit me until I was there and uh, actually working with them uh, through, um, a little conference that we had for a couple of days where we did some teaching and sharing and things like that. And that really, that broke me. That, that hurt in an area I had never, I don't remember hurting before. And, um, Rick, do you know the girls from the uh, glass slipper project? No. Joanne and, Oh, we got to introduce them. Yeah. We they could team up women that work here with women that are on orange blossom trail and work with other um, I was thinking they could probably traffic. use a, a website. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. No, I like the name. I'll have to look Glass Slipper Project. Yeah, they've been on the show several times and given their testimonies. And We I, went and walked the trail is, but... ministering to prostitutes up and down OBT. Oh, wow. And we had Jesus there from... Yeah. Um, from Disney, wasn't No, not Disney. What is it called? Oh, from oh, the Holy, uh, Land. Holy Land. Holy Land. Yeah. The Holy Land experience. The guy that played Jesus was there, and he was carrying a cross down OBT. Oh, wow. It was awesome. It was an amazing time. I'll tell you more later. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, a uh, India, it was, it was tough. And, um, but you got an email. Yeah. When I, um, what, I'll back up a little bit because when they did the commencement for our team to go, um, one of the things they said, or the woman who was leading the commencement while we were still in Orlando before we left, she asked us, she gave everybody a three by five card and said to write on it whatever, what, whatever is heavy on our heart with God, you know, that we need help with or struggle with or whatever. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, even at, you know, I, I was 51 at the time and I've been Christian for so long, I still struggle with certain things and um basically i have these passions for what i do for work and things like that but i have no direction or purpose i just have a passion and so i follow them I mean, if it doesn't go against god's character i follow it and so i didn't know what to put and when she mentioned i could just put one word because god knows our heart i put the one word and i put it on the board and i forgot about it and so we go on the trip and uh, the first day in the trip, I got an email from a buddy of mine that I work with letting me know that the company is offering a, a voluntary separation package. It's going to be a very generous package. That um, Yeah, they, what happened to Orlando Sentinel, just to back up, Orlando Sentinel newspaper. It's the newspaper yeah. like the Washington Post, the New York Post. It's Orlando's newspaper. They were sold. And so there was a lot of shakeups going on and. You know, people, some people wanted to get the severance package and leave. Some people didn't want it. Well, the whole newspaper industry has really taken a hit yeah. since um, like Craigslist and Monster.com took a lot of the revenue. And just the internet yeah. in general. So there's a lot, that whole industry is, there's been layoffs for years. So this was an opportunity to get a, a very good severance package. So I just didn't know 
if I was wanted to take it or not. And a couple of days into the trip, our, our team leader asked if there was anything on our hearts back at home that was preventing us from being um, fully present, you know, for uh, the girls we were working with and the projects, uh, the uh, objectives that we had to do. And, and I hadn't planned on sharing much about that, but I found myself, you know, just trying to be open and, and sharing and said, yeah, and I told him about the package and that I really want to take it. And when those words came out of my mouth, I thought, oh, well, I guess I, I guess I'm going to take it because <laughs> in my head, I hadn't made any decision. I was still battling back and forth. But I'm like, all right, so, well, I guess that's settled. But I didn't know what I was going to do next. I didn't know what the plan was. And then after the, the two uh, day seminar with the girls and just really being, you know, broken emotionally through that experience and then the subsequent days we were still working with girls but not as um not as much we're we're doing more um going around Kolkata, seeing different projects and what's going on and things like that and then um one morning i i woke up with just this purpose of starting an agency that was focused on non-for-profits and I'm thinking, seriously, Lord, that that doesn't seem like it's going to be, that's, that's not a plan. <laughs> and um, so I ended up fasting for that day for a couple of reasons. One, because after four days of curry for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh-huh. you kind of want to... Fasting is on its own. Yeah. It's, it's an idea. It's yeah, a, good idea. A, feel, yeah, it felt good. So there was that. And then there was a place we were going to be going that evening that was... Um, a temple in the heart of a red light district and I I just really wanted to be I wanted to be prepared for that so I just really wanted to fast for that and I figured and we'll just tack on you know the whole this whole uh, agency, agency leaving for, my job and taking the package and starting an agency thing yeah, <laughs> we'll just do that and then by the end of the day I had a name I had um, you know people I should talk to I had a mission statement. I had uh, a vision for it. I had every. I would have a question, and immediately there was an answer there. I'd mm. grab my phone and just pop the answer in there, and put the phone away, and just keep on going through the day. That happened throughout the entire day. So by the end of the day, I had like a plan. <laughs> on the second day, I shared it with the other guy that was on the trip, and um, kind of what I wanted to do. And he was, and he had worked for a couple of not-for-profits and he was like, yeah, that's a great plan. And so I got a lot of confirmation from him and, and just um, a couple of other people I remember talking to. And then on the third day, we were actually heading out of um, Calcutta. We were going out into um, the Sunderbund Islands, which are on the coast, is a very rural area because the... Um, organization we were working with were starting to reach out to do some preventative stuff to help keep kids from being snatched and Mm -hmm. brought into the trade. And the timing was great for me because I was really starting to get overwhelmed by the amount of people living in Calcutta. And um, so it was great to be out getting into the countryside and, and seeing rice fields and open sky and stuff like that. So that evening we, got on a little boat that went to one of the islands. It was just a 17-foot, if it was that big, a little wooden boat that just goes pop, 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 as it's going across <laughs> the water. You know, and so we go down the, the stone steps that are on the bank. We get on the boat, and it turns around, and we start heading toward the other shore, which is maybe a 15-minute little boat ride. The sun had already set. But the sky was still lit up from the glow of the sun. There was a huge triple-headed thundercloud in front of us. And um, the shore on the other side was all dark. You know, just all you saw were the texture of the trees and stuff like that. And the water was calm. The breeze was in my face. I was standing on the front of the boat, and I was having my... My friends call it my Indiana Jones moment where I just everything is behind me and I'm just I feel a lot closer to God when I'm in the wilderness. 
And um, so I'm just enjoying the moment for a while. And then all of a sudden I feel that God has given me a, a, a macro view of my future, that this triple-headed thundercloud is, you know, the Trinity. He's like, you're moving closer to me. I have you covered. I'm taking you to into to a place to do a thing you have never done before. It's a whole new experience for you. And it was just, it gave me this whole macro view of the future. And all the while just reassuring me that this is going to be okay. I've got you covered. And I really just rested in that and mm-hmm. just really enjoyed it. And I forgot about the people around me and or on the boat and stuff like that. And then as we got close to the other shore and the people on the boat started getting up and I would see people on the shore start heading down the stone steps to the water to greet the boat, I started coming out of the, the macro view. And as we get up to the stone steps, I really, because I didn't want to slip on the steps if they were wet, as I stepped off of the boat onto the shore, I really like had this micro view of what I was about to do, you know, just taking my step, my foot off the boat onto the shore. And as soon as my foot hit the other, hit the shore, I just felt God say, and now you work. And it was just, yes, sir. You know, I just, I loved it, you know, and it just, uh-huh. and, and so it's just so powerful that it just took three days you know, for him to give me this vision to to take everything that had been going on in my life for the past 50 years and bring it all into one purpose with one goal just was just amazing. I never would have put all that together at my, my time as an accounting clerk, my youth drawing and using my imagination, my later second career of being a graphic designer and now doing websites and things like that I just feel I feel like he just put everything together and just said here's where where I want you to focus and you need to work he's prepared you and now it's time to work yeah so it was it was it was a very powerful trip for me and just it was and when I got I think a couple of months after I'd gotten back the team leader sent uh, an email with pictures of the um, the night that we got commissioned to go, and one of the pictures was of the board that we all put our little three by five cards on. So I zoomed in on it because I needed to look. What did I put on my card? Because I couldn't remember, but I know it was one word, and I know my handwriting. And I found the card, and the one word was future. And that's that's all I wanted. I wanted a future. I wanted to know what I wanted to, what he wanted me to do, was my purpose, you know, all all these things, all came into one word, and I feel like he answered that on that trip to start that agency, yeah. Which were the home of shameless plugs, yes. so you can plug God's away. Stories radio. You know about that one word thing, don't you, Mikey? Oh yeah, <laughs> radio, radio, radio. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? And my, when he said work, my my thing has been right before I got accepted to law school, it was get ready, get ready, get ready. Yeah. I kept hearing get ready, get ready. And I'm like, what do I need to be doing? I got to get ready. <laughs> yeah, my, so I'm getting the opposite. He's telling me to be still. Yeah. Well, me too, Mikey. Uh, that's just uh, he's doing something behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That's the way it was with me for a long time. Yeah. For, for a good ten years or, or longer, I don't know how long, but I just realized that like I need to have a destination. I need to know where I'm going, mm-hmm. but I, I got no answer. But I would get this passion to do something, mm-hmm. and so and my friends when I was doing freelance on the side, they would ask me like, "Are you going to start your own agency?" I said, "No," and they were like, "Why are you doing this?" I don't know. I just have a passion to do it. So I want to do it. And um, I think you know, spending so much time in the scriptures, uh, reading the Bible and understanding who God is helped me so much because when something comes along in my life and I want to know God's will, I feel like I already know his character. 
And if he gives me a passion for something and it doesn't go against his character, then it's okay to do it. And so I, I do it. I have to be careful to coming up with the difference between a whim and a passion. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I would own rollerblades, three <laughs> bicycles, you know, just yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, hey, that's a whim. So Okay, so Rick, God Stories Radio is the king of the shameless plug. Yes, we are. Okay. So go for it. So tell us about your agency. Uh, the agency is uh, called Four Winds agency.us and um, our goal is to focus on non-for-profits just to help them get up and going and uh, get, get started because I know for instance doing a website can cost anywhere from two thousand to five thousand dollars depending on what you're doing most of them I think range twenty four to thirty five hundred dollars which can be a lot for an organization to come up with so um what I'm starting to do is come up with a plan or have a plan where it's three ninety nine to five ninety nine. Just depends on the functionality and, and things like that that you want on the site. And that would be just a yearly charge. So instead of, you know, twenty four hundred dollars for a website, it might be four ninety nine a year, um, every year for um, about four years. And the idea is that one thing that we've learned over the past decade or two, that 15, 17 years of websites have been around, that um, it doesn't take long for a website to look dated. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to do is, if they stay with me for five years, on the sixth year, I would build them a fresh site. Just take their site, refresh it, so it looks contemporary, up to date, so they stay with a very professional mm-hmm. kind of look. And the thing that I've learned about websites is that they are usually the first thing, other than a face-to-face meeting with somebody, they're where somebody will go to see how valid is this uh, organization. You know, if it looks like the website was done by, you know, somebody's nephew, you are like, ah, I don't know if I want to use the PayPal button on that to, to do whatever. But if it has a polished look and looks professional, then I think it, it helps add credibility to what they're trying to do, gives them a, uh, you bet. a better presence for, for donors, for volunteers, and, and things like that to really um, get behind. And, but websites aren't the only thing. I mean, you need, there's t-shirts, there's um, advertising, there's promotional pieces, things like that, even... Uh, direct mail. Yeah, I do direct mail. Um, also do um, search engine marketing as far as... SEO. Um, SEO work as far as and um, social media marketing as well and um, so just anything that you would need as far as advertising or reaching out connecting with uh, donors or with your support staff or anything like that um, we you got some good folks on board too I was checking out your website I'm like I know him I know him look at that he got them all so they get all that experience along yeah, I was glad With to have uh, Anthony on there, and Greg is a, a fantastic designer, and um, you know, we, we usually kind of compete with each other as far as um, design goes, but <laughs> he's very talented, so I'm really thankful to have him on my team, and there's a, there's a few other people that I'm bringing on board as well as, uh, as we kind of grow and take on more projects, so. Yeah. Well, that was session 98, Fritz. Wow. Man, Rick, I'm inspired. That's a great, too. great was, testimony. He does video too, right? Video. Well, I do video editing. I don't really. I don't have the equipment to do the actual shooting, but but video editing. Yeah. Okay. So if you give me the raw stuff, I can edit it, add uh, soundtracks, um, titles, that's, all that stuff. That's what he does too. Oh, that's nice. Why I gave you that. Yeah, I do that for uh, Disney Performing Arts. Sweet. Uh, yeah, and hopefully uh, here privately be doing a bunch of that nice so. might be working together yes yeah, so i just got to do something about this air condition and I'll have <laughs> it. you know i really apologize guys i usually ice the place down before everybody comes in then i can shut it off for an hour and it's not really affected but tonight was a kind of a sweat box i really apologize so You're if you hear a little hum weather. in the background guys that's the ac, AC had to had to happen 90 something outside yeah i saw poor rick 
wiping his brow there during the testimony, and I'm like, well, I got to turn on the air. Uh, Do it for Jesus. Do it for Jesus. We can't suffering for Jesus here in Claremont, Florida. Not when you've been to India, though. That doesn't really count. After the Amazon... Yeah, I I usually keep my house around 80, 81 degrees. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, at least this is suffering without critters. Yeah. (laughs) Don't have the the Amazonian critters, (laughs) so to speak. Yeah. So that's fantastic, man. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. Uh, Through my website, uh, fourwindsagency.us. Okay, awesome. Good deal, because I feel a... A kindred partnership here. Oh, yeah. I really I do. I'm thinking of all the nonprofits that we with, with God Stories. I'm not scared to promote him and no. send some business his way. That's well, I'm, for sure. I'm thinking personally a couple of things there that he touched upon that I've been, he's there and I'm still waiting. Amen. Amen. It's, yeah, it's, like I said, when, I wish, I wish I had answers, you know, but... <laughs> Don't, don't feel bad, Rick. You're no. in good company with that because, man, we would just just a burning bush, something, yeah, you know, intelligible that we could make out and say, okay, that's what we need to do. The good thing though that I have learned is that the answer does come. Amen. And even when we are waiting, we are still being used. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing. I've learned that nothing. Godless, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Nothing. Right. Absolutely as nothing. I, as I said in my testimony a few years ago, that where God is taking me, I, the man I was couldn't do where he's taking me, the man that he wants me to be. So. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, he's still doing some... Some surgery. In there. Some surgery. That's a good word. Surgery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that they, um, you know, the potter, it just takes a while to get the the pot to just be the way he wants it. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to throw you in the fire. I know. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Well, maybe we're in the fire right now. It's just kind of oh, hot in here. That's true. <laughs> well, we've learned a couple of things over the years. It's a couple of words you don't say. One is the N word, never. Mm-hmm. And because uh, uh, just about time that you utter that, it's going to happen. I don't ask for burning yeah. bushes anymore. I'll never do that again. Oh, yes, you will. So I have to be very careful. You know, don't threaten God in a good way. Oh, you know what? I want to give a shout out to JD. Our Trucker guy. JD? Trucker, Trucker JD. JD. I think he may be listening right now. He's was, uh, listening live on Mixler. Uh, oh, you did it again. You put my... us live again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, I've been chatting all night long with folks here on Mixler. I We've got people know, listening all over the my world. Jesus T-shirt oh. in the nation's capital. I got one person that said, I like your T-shirt. And I thought, man. I'm wearing one of them right now. Well, that's yes, what you I are. Think of it. You're quite attractive there, Mikey. <laughs> quite attractive. You need to have a little camera set up in here so people can watch. There was, well, well, there was one. Over well, the yeah, we had that going. We we uh, nixed that because we've got faces for radio. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I am working on that. I'm going to get Joe Burke to come over and give me a blab lesson. Oh, and, good, uh, But this Mixler's working really good uh, to send out our signal live all over the world. And we have a, a handful of folks that tune in and listen, which is really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the reasons why... Four winds ended up being the name was because just so many times in scripture where God is um, he uses that term to talk about the four to cover the entire earth right and I just thought that's that's what I would like to do for the my clients is to spread their message to the four corners of the earth and using the four winds was mm-hmm. just so apropos especially now with you know, cloud being such the oh yeah catchphrase and internet and Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. So it was ahead of its time, even. Yeah. Four winds. Yeah. Well, when it comes from God, it always is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing the way He works things out. Uh huh. It's pretty cool too when you get to the top of the the mountain. You look back down in the valley and you go, oh. oh yeah. That's what that was for. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just tough staying thankful on the way up. That's for sure. So, 
Well, guys, we are approaching one hour session one hundred. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Session one hundred. Well, we got to do something, something unique, something special. We'll pray about it. We will. Any suggestions? Uh, send it to us at God Stories Radio at Gmail or uh, at God Stories Radio. You, you, you can do what, Mikey? Twit us. You can twit us on the interweb. On the interweb. On the interweb. <laughs> or like us on Facebook at God Stories Radio. And uh, just remember, Rick, we're going to partner with him for your, for all your your website needs, your social marketing, marketing needs, uh, especially for those nonprofits. Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Because we're going to definitely talk about some things offline. So, speaking of, of partners and sponsors, if you would like to be a partner or a sponsor for God Stories Radio, help us take the message around the world because we have two stations that broadcast 24 hours a day now and they uh, can get a little expensive uh wgsr, WGSR. which is uh which is mikey 24 hours of mikey. <laughs> wgsr.net and then we have freedom radio network which is christian music yeah. and it's not your your mainstream christian music stuff you know it's the b stuff like uh, cut three on an album you haven't heard of what's the website it's uh freedom radio networks.com Gotcha. freedomradionetworks.com okay. alright yeah Rick thanks again for coming out thank you Rick we really thank really so appreciate it me. and uh, we show enjoyed your story and sorry I had to make you sweat for it uh, <laughs> it's all good <laughs> but anyway well that about wraps it up for session 98 I'm Fritz I'm Mike and I'm Trish God bless God bless another heartbreak day feels like your mouth don't even need no shade when your sun don't shine, shine. Too many passing dreams, roll by like limousines. It's hard to keep believing when it pass you by and by. It ain't over yet, it ain't over yet So move, keep walking Soldier, keep moving on Move, keep walking Until the morning comes Move, keep walking Soldier, keep moving on And lift your head It ain't over yet, it ain't over yet Echoing inside your head Are the words that your sweet mama said Shoot for the moon, my dear So you took game out of this atmosphere Between high stakes and pump fakes I never will forget, I never will forget So hold on, hold on, the Lord ain't finished yet Hold on, hold on, he'll get you through this Hold on, hold on, these are the promises I never will forget, I never will forget I know your heart been broke again I know your prayers ain't been answered yet